We're taking you inside the mind of a man. This is How Men Think, an iHeartRadio podcast. All right, welcome to How Men Think. Uh, I'm here with the the man of the hour, the Tower of Power, Mr. Jerry O'Connell. How are you? I'm, I'm Akbar Bajabia Millet. So, Jerry, man, it's first off. Wait, let me try and spell okay. Bajabia Millet. Oh, okay, on it. okay good, good luck. Uh, G-B-A-J-A. Okay. Am I right so yeah. far? Yeah. B-I-A. Uh-huh. M-I-L-A. Bro, <laughs> I am going to make you an honorary Nigerian. Hey, that, I didn't know you knew how to spell it. Most people can say either. it. Most people can say it, but a lot of people can't spell it. It took me to the second grade to learn how to spell my last name. <laughs> That's a true story. That's a true story. All right. Um, we're so happy to be guest hosting How Men Think. We're going to answer all your questions and solve the fascinating question of how men think. So first, this is 11 questions with Akbar and Jerry. Let's get right into it. Jerry, you ready? Let's go. You know, so you and I, we've been having a lot of fun on yeah. the talk as, as hosts. Um, so tell, tell, tell the listeners out there, what are you known for? Tell us about yourself. Um, I, uh, that's I'm a Jer- strange question. No, no, what I, are you known I, for? I can answer it. I'm yeah. Jerry O'Connell. Um, I, uh, I was a young actor. I was in a movie, Stand By Me, um, when I was younger, and it was uh, kind of a cult classic. You know, it did. uh, It was a big hit. Yeah, kind of. Or it. it, Well, I. You know, I think it was a cult class. It. It is a cult classic. I mean, it's not like it's not like Titanic. I don't think it like like it's not E. T. You know, it's not like you know, Independence Day. I don't think it was a like a huge financial hit, but it was like it's. It was made 30, over 30 years ago when people are still talking about it. But um, I didn't really act that much as a kid actor. I went to college and um, I really got busy again as an actor um, out of college in my 20s. And uh, I acted in a few TV shows, a sci-fi show called Sliders, a cop show called Crossing Jordan. Um, And uh, did a bunch of movies, Kangaroo Jack, with... um, did you know after the first movie, after your first movie, you knew like this is the path I want to take for the rest of my life? You know, um, I, I knew I felt most comfortable on a set. Yeah. Like I felt um, when I was a kid, everyone was like at school, I was always getting in trouble for speaking out of turn or, you know, um, <laughs> just being a crazy kid. And it, when I was on a set on Stand By Me, you know, the director was like, no, we want you to be crazy in the scene. Like, keep talking, do it. And I remember thinking, I mean, it was like a light went off in my head, like, wow, I haven't been crazy. I just needed to find my crowd. And um, uh, I, um, I, I've been acting for years. And uh, about 10 years ago, right first when I met you, yeah, I yeah. started to get a little more into the talk show stuff um, with Kelly Ripa. I yeah. co-hosted with, with her a lot. And then with Wendy Williams, uh, I, I co-hosted with Wendy Williams a lot. And then um, this opportunity came up on the talk um, earlier this year. I mean, I've only, I, you know, it's it's funny. I, I came on in March. I mean, Akbar was here in August, yeah. you know? I mean, like, it's just- a- You know, and this is, it's a great thing because as we were guest co-hosting, it was so comforting to know that, oh, they're bringing, I was like, somebody that I know, you yeah. know? And I thought, you know, I should be paying you 10%. No. Uh, but 
I thought it was very helpful to have somebody that you know that you're familiar with. You know what I mean? Especially when you're in a new format. It's different from doing, you know, the other shows that I've yeah. done before. So it was very helpful to kind of like, oh, yeah, I know Jerry. Oh, this is great. So, yeah. yeah. It, I mean, it, it is. And it is funny doing a talk show. It's totally different. It's mm -hmm. and, it, and it's so funny, too, because I've done a couple talk shows now. Um, uh, this... Uh, this talk show is completely different because yeah. there's like five voices. So you, it's not so much, even when you're saying something, it's knowing when to not say something, right, you know, right. it's, um, it's really interesting. It's, um, it's been a fun ride. And I, I gotta tell you, I love, I love being up there with you. You're, you're so, um, your background, your story. I mean, I'm, I'm a, I'm a fan of sports. So I'm so happy to have a former NFL player up yeah. there. I mean, it's just, that's my... You played one in a movie before. I played one in a movie. <laughs> I certainly didn't come close to playing one in real life. I just played one on TV. But um, it's so fun. And your stories, um, you know, the your history that you pull from, um, you know, obviously when you talk about, you know, your time in the NFL and getting to the sure. NFL and playing at a Div 1 school and all that stuff is, um, is uh, very exciting for me. But um, really what I find uh, maybe the most interesting is your childhood and where you're from and your family and um, yeah. where you're from. Tell us about that. You know, so many people, you know, they hear the last name and they hear the first name and they go, man, well, where are you from? And it's a, it's a really rich story because my parents came to America from Nigeria. My father came in 74, my mom came in like 69. And they came, like the movie Coming to America, they came to America to have a better life, better dream. Well, actually, in Coming to America, they were rich. So maybe, mm -hmm. that's, it. It was, maybe that's not a good comparison. But they came over here for um, a, a better life. And I grew up in a household that was rich with Nigerian culture. But I also had, like, essentially, like a split personality, not the medical term split personality, mm -hmm. in that when I went to school, I had to be the American kid because sure. back then, you know, you'd be made fun of, of course, and, sure. you know, yeah. you know, you're different. Right. And so I lived in balance in that world, but it gave me so much perspective, like that duality, not only the duality of, you know, growing up in an African-American neighborhood, but growing up in a Nigerian household, mm -hmm. uh, my parents had a different religion. My father was Muslim, my mom Christian. So I grew up going to the mosque saying Allahu Akbar and then saying, praise God, Jesus, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So that having that type of perspective, I think it's made me such a well-rounded person, uh, uh, an empathic person, you know, you know, I, I do send maybe more than um, other people, but I tend to be very empathetic towards uh, people. Um, and, and just really because of that, that duality and growing up, I grew up in a mixed family. Um, although we were never able to say, you know, stepbrothers or anything like that, like that was not, that term still sounds unfamiliar to me, mm -hmm. but that's, um, so it's given me different perspective in life and, you know, then sports and being in a big community. So big family, seven, uh, seven, uh, um, seven, six siblings, seven of us total. And, and then being in a big sport like basketball and then football, um, the team perspective has always been, I've always been about, you know, that, that team environment. I love a team. Like that's why the talk environment works mm -hmm. for me because it's not a one man show. Yeah. Two man. I mean, it's a, it's a team. It's yeah. a legit, well, I call it our starting five. I always yeah. refer to it as our starting five, but um, it's impacted me now as uh, as a father and, and just making sure that, you know, my kids are well-rounded. 
Um, it's, you know, a lot of people don't know this about me, but, you know, that well-roundedness carried on into my, you know, my love for travel. I've done 40 countries. I have a goal by the grace of God one day to see, you know, 200 plus countries. Wow. I want to go, I've been to five continents. Wow. Um, I should have done Australia, but my wife said I can't go without her. So <laughs> I haven't done that trip, but, um, uh, I want to go to Antarctica and, uh, and Australia. So I would complete seven continents, but I still need to do the other countries as well. But, Crazy. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, did your, you, you say you're one of seven and yep. you're on the younger side. Yeah. I'm number six of seven. Um, did your older siblings, uh, did they guide, did they help you? Did they? Yeah. Yeah. My oldest brother, who's always really like, you know, a third parent, um, as my parents were hustling, we didn't grow up with a lot of means. And so my oldest brother Foley was always, um, you know, in charge of us and helped raise us and, you know, get us to where we need to get, uh, get to. And, you know, when he started working, he would always hook us up with his, you know, hand-me-downs, but his hand-me-downs were fresh because he had his own money. You right, know right, I mean? right. So we, you know, we could always or we steal some of his stuff because he had the cool Raiders jacket that, you know, I got jacked for one day. And that was Oh, sad. no. Yeah, there was a, you remember there was an era in a time period where if you wore a Raiders jacket, first off, you were cool, but you would also get jacked for it. You could lose your life wearing a Raiders jacket back in the, in the 90s, or late 80s, early 90s. And I remember I got jacked. I was so mad. I, uh, how old were you when you got jacked for your Raiders jacket? Um, oh boy, it was in middle school. So it was like seventh age. So I must have been 13, 14. That's years crazy. Old. Cause I know you as yeah. someone who is six, six, two fifty. Yeah. And you're the last person I would jack anything off yeah, of. Yeah, but when you have a weapon, <laughs> your size doesn't matter. <laughs> your size laughing. doesn't matter. Yeah, but um, that yeah. So a, so a weapon was drawn on you for your yep. Raiders jacket. Yeah, for my Raiders jacket. That's uh, a traumatic experience. I'm sorry. It, 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 yeah, that. yeah, it is. A, it is a traumatic experience. But you know, you do learn from those experiences. It makes you more vigilant, more hyper aware of where you are in, in, in space. I mean, I mean, I'm not saying. Oh, I, I'm just sorry to ask, what could you have done differently in that, in that situation? Well, well, it, 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 well nowhere to be, you know. You, and it's like it's funny that you say that because my wife is always getting on me now till today. Like when we go to a restaurant, I sit with my back, um, you know, my, or my face facing towards the the exit or the front right. door. I always want to see what's coming right. around, um, and it just really just. I think until then, until something like that happens, you don't know that you need to be more aware, you know? So I'm always looking at people. So why do you always look at everyone's a threat? Because <laughs> potentially they could be a threat, you so know? Funny. So I want to see it happening before. So I really pick up on those types of body that's cues, so but that's a skill. It, it really is a skill. And here's another thing that helps me out too, is that as a nosy kid, you know, everybody can relate to this. Your parents are arguing and you want to know what they're saying, right? You just but my parents spoke a different language at home. And I'm like, we weren't fluent in Yoruba. And so I'd be listening and I couldn't understand what they were saying. So I could only rely on body language. So I became, and still to this day, very proficient in reading body language. Mm -hmm. You could be talking to me and I hear nothing you're saying. And I'm looking at your body, your body's telling me everything. Yeah, it's a, so I look at that. And so I see somebody who's, I think this person is about to jack this dude, right? I can see things happening before when which is crazy when you played for the raiders yeah did you re replace that jacket you got jacked for yeah i got a lot i got i got, I got a lot of raiders gear that's for sure raider shorts raider shirts because it's still the coldest color 
in all of, of all the sort it's of silver and black. Yeah. I, and, I, I, and listen, I don't want to upset you, but uh, you know, I'm not even a Raider fan. But if a Raider shirt, a month, all right, my guys, wife, and this is how men think. My my <laughs> wife is from Oakland, so I will wear Your Raiders. Your wife is from Oakland. Yeah. Born and raised, Berkeley, oh. Oakland. Her mom lived in Oakland. Yeah. Oh, we gotta hang out. I um, I, I, I I've not met say, your wife yet, and you've not met my wife yet. To we this day, yeah, we have to have a date. Yeah. Um, yeah. to this day though, I will wear I will wear Raiders gear. I, I'm not sure I'll wear a Raiders jersey. That's taking it like too far. I might wear your, jer- I might I, wear your I mean, jersey. I was gonna say I'm gonna bring you my jersey. <laughs> you know, um, be- because you're an actor, I've always wondered this. Do you watch and appreciate other shows? Like, do you binge watch? For example, I, I binge watch, but that's because I'm not an actor. Do you binge watch? Yeah. I, I what shows are you? Though, give I, me three shows you're binge watching. I, I, it's not shows that I'm binge watching. I'm very particular about shows I binge watch. Uh, the best show ever made on TV, I believe, was Squid Game. And I watched every episode. Really? Yeah, man. That Squid Game was okay. really good. And it was really good because it was completely different from anything I'd ever seen on TV. Okay, I've so never... tell me because I've not. My kids have been asking, and I've heard all the oh, it's gory. It's you know, it's not for kids. So I've not seen it because my kids can't see right. it. Um, is I... it is it that bad? Is it? I mean, it's it's about as bad as it gets. Yeah, really. It's, it's worse it's, than like Freddy Krueger. It's hyper violent. And... You know, typically Korean cinema um, uh, uses, I, I believe, uses violence to get a reaction. Yeah, you know, I mean, if you ever saw that film Parasite that won all those oh, yeah, Academy yeah, yeah, Awards. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that film, it starts off as like sort of like a quiet family drama. And then it turns into this, you know, spoiler alert, hyper-violent film, you know? And I think Squid Game does the same thing. Um, I can't do it. I, 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 I'm not a hyper-violent guy. And I, I, I don't know why. Um, maybe it was my childhood. I don't know. Yeah, but I can't. I mean, I can handle a certain level of violence, but when it gets like, like Saw, I couldn't do it. after one. I'm like, right. I, I, I can't do it. Uh, and I, I don't do the saws. I um I I do the squid game, but I also I binge um I binged all of Breaking Bad. Oh, yeah. oh, sorry. I That's you. okay. That's man. Breaking Bad. I came to Breaking Bad late. Yeah. Breaking Bad is one of my all time. It is the best. Yeah. Ever. It's like best. ever. It's ever. The best character. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And uh. But I. I I'm very particular about what I binge watch. Have you watched the morning show? I love the morning show. I'm binging. I, I got to wait um, for this next episode right. to come out, but I'm loving the morning show right now. Really? Yeah, I'm really loving it. I'm kind of like, I like, you know, like that type of drama stuff. I grew up watching soap operas. Yeah, so it's so I, funny. We had a soap star on our show. Yeah. Uh, and pardon my ignorance. I had no idea who it was, but you were like, oh, uh, Dr. Jones, yeah. you're on our show. And you were like that one time when your wife, that's right, your girlfriend, yeah. and you knew the whole storyline. Yeah. Really? Yeah. People don't know this. This is kind of something that I keep private, uh, I, I guess, until now. <laughs> until now, but I grew up watching soap opera. It, in fact, I blame my oldest brother. My oldest brother, so I, I could even tell you the whole, we were an ABC soap uh, family. So we would watch, um, this is before your time, we would watch Loving, we sure. would watch All My Children. Sure. We would watch One Life to Live. Sure. We would la- watch General Hospital. Sure. And back in the day, there used to be this older one. This is when I was a young kid sure, before sure, your time. Sure. Um, there's one called Ryan's Hope. Um, sure. We would watch Ryan's Hope. I mean, you can Google all of these. These sure, are sure, I mean, sure. iconic. Now, a lot of them are off the air now, but it right. was 
it was some good time and we taped them on VCRs. Wow. And so by the time we got home, school got out at three or five, we walked in the house. Oprah was just starting sure. at three o'clock. And you so watched we, Oprah every day. Yeah, I watched Oprah every day. And then we would go back and then start the VCR and we would go through and watch our soap opera while our parents were like, why aren't you on why aren't you studying your homework? Oh, we, we want to see Erica Kane. Something's about to happen to Erica Kane. Sure, sure, sure. That's Susie Lucci. She played Erica Kane. Of course. But, yeah, yeah. Of course. So, Actually, but, I didn't know that. I'm sure that <laughs> of course. Oh, you must man. have been so blown away when Susan, oh no, Susan Lucci didn't come to work. No, oh, no. Wow. If I ever met Susan Lucci, I remember when she finally got her award. Sure. Uh, it, and it would just took forever. I'm like, this is, I mean, even when she had the split personality, like she had two different, um, it was like the good Susan or good Erica Kane, bad Erica Kane. And I thought, man, what else does she need to do to be able to get that award? And so when she finally won, it was, it, I, if I remember correctly, maybe I'm wrong, I could be remembering this wrong. We have to look it up, but I can still see her wearing like a red dress and she was just so emotional. I just like, I just remember being so happy for her as if I knew her. I don't know her. I've never met her before. If I did, I would, I would, I would, I'd probably cry. Akbar, I think, I think that's about to change here on the talk. Um, <laughs> look, let me ask you, um, American Ninja Warrior, yep. everybody knows what it is. Everybody loves it. Uh, um, it's a life-changing project that you're a part of. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, that's not an exaggeration. No, it's not. It, it changed my life. Um, like seriously, it changed the trajectory of my career. You know, one of the hardest things to do is transition from football. You're at the highest level. There is no other level after the NFL. And once you reach that peak and then you're done, it's like, what do you do next, right? So there is this, what feels like this precipitous fall, right? It, like some call it humility, some mm. call it the real world, right. real life. Um, I tend to think that the NFL is real life, right? Mm -hmm. You just work so hard towards something and then you make that transition and it was so hard trying to think, what was I going to do next? And in a million years, I never thought because I didn't have this illustrious Hall of Fame, Super Bowl, playoff winning type career that I would ever be able to get into this. And so being able to get that audition for American Ninja Warrior. Uh, take yeah. us through the audition process. Well, so... Prior to, I was trying to get my feet in the game, right? You know, I was doing college football, like low-end Division II, um, you know, Conference USA type of, <laughs> type of games. And, like, I have a friend who went to SMU. Yeah, SMU, yeah, yeah I, I, did, I, did, I did SMU. I did all of them, Tulane, <laughs> the whole nine. And, uh, and I had gone on other auditions, and I was doing commercials, that, you know, a SAG grade or whatever, get a couple hundred bucks or whatever just trying to make it in and try to find my end. No, 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 no. And after a while, you just like get numb to it. I get the call for American Ninja Warrior. And to be honest, I lied, as sometimes you have to do. I'm like, oh, you, you ever heard of it? Oh yeah, 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 oh, I heard it. Oh yeah, I love it, love it, love it. Never watched a day in my life. So before my audition, I'm just kind of looking and it just didn't sound or feel like anything I was I would even listen to. And uh, I, I didn't even know American Ninja Warrior was on before you were on it. Yeah, yeah. I, I came in season five. And they didn't have announcers? Or they no, they did. Matt announcer. Eisman was still there. But then the, the position that I was auditioning for it was, was someone else. Yeah, yep, it was someone okay. else. And um, so I just said, you know, what? they're probably not going to hire me. Right. Because I, every audition I go into, I, I don't get it. But there was a key that opened up for me because I relaxed. But I just went there because I was a WWE fan. Right. I grew up and I just brought my 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 version of wow. a wwe announcer over the top 
you know, I love muscle parts. Like I can name all the different muscles in the wow. body. And wow. um, so I just started being very descriptive using my football analysis background, but with a WWE flavor. And I walked out, I shook everybody's hand, didn't think twice about it. Two weeks later, I get a phone call. You're the, I said, well, hold on, what? I got it? And that's how it started. And then since then, I mean, my first year was rough. But after that, I just kind of grew with the show. And it's been it's been amazing. Ten years now. Ten it's years. so funny. The biggest job of your life yeah. happened because you had prepared up until that moment. But when you got there, you used a key analogy the yeah. other day. Uh, tell us about the key. Now, I mean, this is exactly, yeah. this is exactly what happened with you in American Ninja Warrior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the key analogy is like, you know how when you're trying so hard to find your keys, you're like, I, I got to find my keys. I got to find my keys. And you can't look and you're tearing up the whole place. But the minute you relax and you just like, forget it, I'm just gonna let it come to me. Um, and then it comes, it just, it, it comes right to you. You know what I mean? And that's what happened with Ninja Warrior. Man, yeah. incredible, uh, incredible story. Yeah, thanks. Um, okay, uh, so I'm gonna ask you, what's your favorite food? My favorite food? Yeah. Akbar, this is gonna upset you. What? Cause I know you're, you're, you are health conscious. Yes. And you're mostly about what you put in your body. Yeah. I mean, you're mostly like I've seen Akbar in the gym and you lift weight. Yeah. You throw some weight up, but you're all about what you put in. What your body. is your favorite food? <clears throat> oh boy, what is this? I like a chain of Mexican restaurants where you drive through. Oh, uh, uh, oh. <laughs> That's, oh. That is uh, that oh. has taco in the title and ding. Yeah, no, I'm cool. Um, you don't you don't ever do it. You don't ever go through that trap. No, I love. What go, is your cheat I, meal? Um, in and out. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, in and out. Because I mean, at least the burgers are fresh. Uh, but my favorite food is goat meat. I love goat meat. I can uh, never say is no. Is it called goat mutton or is it uh, goat goat meat? Is how you say goat it. meat. Goat meat. What's the difference between mutton and goat meat? I have never no. heard of a mutton. Um, All right, so then you got to ask me. Um, I have to ask. Oh you. no! Oh yeah, yeah. You go ahead. Um, oh yeah. Saturday. What is Akbar doing Saturday morning? What am I doing Saturday morning? I'm getting. I'm sneaking up out of the bed. At what time? At about seven a.m. Because the kids get up at ten a.m. Okay. I'm making myself coffee. Okay. Uh, I'm walking the dogs. I get back. I check my fantasy football team <laughs> and I just try to watch any show before I try to do all this in a three hour period before my kids get up. So I have time to myself. So you're someone who likes to get up before anybody else gets up and gets, has a so whole I, house. Yeah, yeah. So I have the time to myself. I will say this, since I've been working with you, you are first one in last one out. I mean, you get here at 5 a.m. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, is that to be traffic? Is that because you like to just like, I have to get my workout in workout is like, a, if I don't have my workout in, I, I feel like I don't have the best attitude. Really? Yeah. Yep. Um, you don't ever skip workouts. You don't ever sleep. Sometimes in? if I'm tired, yeah, I will skip, but not always. Um, do you set an alarm to wake up? No, uh, yes and no, but I, I always wake up. because I gotta go pee. I don't know why I always gotta pee. So I'm always up. Uh, so tell me this, um, what, what makes you the most happy? Like real talk, what makes you the most happy? Um, something with my kids, Yeah. something with my wife, when my wife and kids are happy, um, I'm at my happiest, you okay. know, when they're really happy. And, um, I was about to say winning in fantasy football, but you know, what's so messed up about fantasy football when, and this is why I should probably never play anymore. When you lose, it annoys you to no end. 
and when you win, when you win, you're like, yeah, I I deserve to win, and yeah. you like stop, don't even think about it. So there's really no upside of playing fantasy football. Like, <laughs> it's just you're, it's just it's like a life of misery. So you told me what makes you the most happy. I need to go a little negative here. Can I tell you what my pet peeve is? Yeah, flies. I one thousand percent hate flies. Like seriously, if you want to see the worst yeah. version of me have just one fly around i can't even concentrate. i only get grossed out when i see a fly on if i see a fly land on my food i can't eat food. I, 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 I can't, can't. I'm, I, done I'm, done. I'm done i'm done i'm done because you know what it landed i know on no, I, know, I know you I know. know what it landed I know, on prior to <laughs> even if it's a fly, if i see a fly on my food i'm I, it's you might as well just throw it away all right last question here and then we'll, we'll i think we should take some phone calls um what keeps you motivated I wish I had a really good answer for that. Like, uh, I'll tell you what keeps me motivated, my drive. Um, but I tend to have a little bit of an easier attitude. I mean, almost like you going to audition for uh, Ninja Warrior. By the way, earlier when you said, oh, I lied about, like, I was like, oh my gosh, did Akbar say he was a ninja? <laughs> like, that's, cause that's a crazy lie. Yeah, I'm a ninja. Uh, yeah, I'm a ninja. Um, <laughs> Uh, but I, I, I don't know if I have like a, a motivational thing about me. Um, I'll tell you what you know, I, 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 I will say this, something that's kept me motivated about health. And I actually showed you this meme. Um, somebody I work with, um, a trainer who I used to work with, who I haven't been going in to see him lately. And he just wanted to make sure I was still um, uh, like getting in the gym was um, it was a picture of Muhammad Ali. And I showed it to you and oh, it yeah. said, um, life changing results lies in your daily routine. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, that got me into the gym a couple mornings. I think I showed it to you when yeah, I showed yeah. up earlier in the gym, but, but then I stopped going. You, for you know, bit. for me, I, like mine is really this crazy. What motivates me is, um, the fear, the fear of failure, the fear, the fear of not being yeah. good enough. Fear's, so yeah, it just, fear's it, a good motivator. Yeah, yeah, it is. And so I, I think, you know, I'm sure there are a lot of people who can relate to that. You're All right, motivator. Jerry, we've said a lot here. Uh, let's go to break. Let's take a let's let's take let's, let's get a drink of water. Right, let's take a break, and then we'll, we'll be right back, and we'll take some calls. All right, late. that's cool. Hey, is that Bryn? I'm Bryn. Hey, Bryn, where where are you calling from? I'm from the Bay Area. Bay Area. Hold, hold on, I'm confused. What do you mean the Bay Area? Like San Francisco Bay Area. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, um, I used to live. I used to live in the Bay Area. So, question: If you get with one of your best friends, can you still remain close with them and not have awkward tension? Well, what do you so mean? How? Elaborate. What do you mean? You hook, get you with. Mean, hook up. If you hook up with your best friends. <laughs> like physically. <laughs> Yes. Okay. Well, we're right. both married, so I mean, so, I don't know. Well, hold on. No, no. This, this is the good question. So, so you, you got you, your best friend, you hooked up, and then what happened? What was your question after that? And then how do you just get over the awkward feelings and remain, like, can you remain as close? Or Yeah, no, that, that, one's, that one's difficult. I, I think it takes both parties to be very disciplined because I do, I do believe once you exchange that type of energy between each other, you you never you can't forget it you can't like let it in uh, you know empty out your mind i think the best way is if both parties were in a different relationship that then tends to soften it up um and it may keep you distance because you have your 
life with your other partner. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you're doing other things and it keeps the focus off of it. But if you guys are both single and you're just, and you're used to talking with each other all the time, ooh, yeah. that's uncomfortable. I, I had a situation very close like that in, in college, but I never crossed the line. And I'm glad I didn't because it had been very difficult to maintain. Yeah. Yeah. So you almost, you almost give it up. You almost give it up. Like, give up the friendship? It, it becomes different. It changes. It's not going to be what it was before. You so can we'll never be like best friends again, really. We'll never like have that relationship again. It's not that you won't, you, you won't have that relationship. It's like remodeling your house. Once you've like gone through and reconstruct like that, the other version of the house is gone. So you have to appreciate what the new relationship is. Yeah. Does that make okay. sense? Yeah. So yes. you just can't, you can't, um, you, you can't reminisce about what it was like before and expect for it to return to normal. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And yeah. All right. Yeah. I, I, I hope that helped. No, it does help. Yeah. That's actually really nice to hear. Yeah. Just all right, yeah. all right, Brad. All right, thank you. Hey, can you give? Can you can you give this to me one time? Because this is what, like I remember. I don't know if they still say this in the Bay Area. Say that was hecka cool. That was hella, 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 hella and hecka. Hella. You know? That was hella cool. Yeah, was... Do you guys still say that out there? Um, hella. I feel like people do say hella a lot. I think I came to school because like it's Ohio, and I came to school and I think I said hella a few times, and everyone was like, "What?" Yeah, right, right. Hell, yeah, yeah. I was like, okay, yeah, we don't like talk like that here. <laughs> All right, Bryn. All right, thank you, guys. Hey, Sophie. Hey, Sophie, who are you and where are you calling from? I'm Sophie. I'm calling from Boulder, Colorado. Uh, right. What's your question for us? Okay, so my question was, if you've been dating the same boy or just person in general for a while, what is good advice in terms of keeping things interesting? I know that a lot of people fell into routines during COVID. Um, so just kind of advice for making sure every day isn't the, exactly the same and just keeping things interesting. How do you keep a relationship fresh? I mean, you got to get out of the house, first of all. I always found like, it's funny, I, I hated being in relationships where people just wanted to... Um, Netflix and chill like I I had to go out and go do something you know even if you don't want to go even if it's boring at least it's like even the most mundane things like start like are stimulating like start a conversation I was very much into activities going somewhere and doing something and by the way I was always very good about dating like I always like said like hey I'll pick you up and we'll go and do this you know um whether it was like, you know, a play, a movie, a haunted house, um, an amusement park. I just, I always tried to go do something. So just get stimulated, go outside. Yeah, yeah I love that. And I think to piggyback off of that, um, you know, Sophie, you know, something that could be, uh, how old are you, if you don't mind me asking? 20. 20. I think you're very familiar with TikTok and Instagram, social media. And there are always these challenges that pop up every so often, right? Um, and I think a great way to spice up a relationship is just going out there and challenging yourself. So doing different challenges, like let's say, for example, you've never been fishing, you know, like you offer up like maybe every Friday or every other Friday, realistically, depending on your schedule, you know, you say, uh, we're going to do something we've never done before. And you get to learn a lot about each other. 
you might find out like, oh, shoot, I'm a better I'm a better fisher than, you know, than my boyfriend, uh, you know, um, or, you know, I'm a better swimmer. It's just something. Find the things that you guys don't do and you don't do well um, and or you don't do well and try to engage yourself in that. I think they make for such an interesting date because where do we usually fall? Like the zone we usually fall in and like want to go see a movie. Yeah, yeah, let's go see a movie. You want to go out to get something to eat? Yeah, let's go get out some eat. You know what I'm saying? Then, you know, hook up, do the business, 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 right? Like, and after that, it was like, yo, like, what else is there to do? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a great way because you guys both know you're going in there like, oh, man, I don't want to go skydiving. I don't want to go fishing. I don't want to go, you know, you know, to the back of a butcher house and, you know, cut up meat or I don't know, like, just come up with some random stuff, you know, and make it your own date challenge. That should be a hashtag, by the way. Yeah, no, I like that. I think that's yeah. cool. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Yeah. It's like taking TikTok and making it real life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hope that was helpful. Yeah, for sure. Thank All right. You. All right. Go Boulder, Colorado. Thanks, so. Yeah, thank you. Hey, what's going on, Kristen? I'm Akbar's Jerry. How are you? Nice to meet you guys. What you got for us? Um, I was just kind of wondering what your opinions were on like taking breaks in a relationship over like just like breaking up, I guess. Ooh, that's a good one. I don't know. I've never taken a break in a relationship. I don't think um, if somebody told me they wanted to take a break, I probably never talk to them again. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I know that's not like the nicest thing to say and not very patient of me, but if someone said to me they want to take a break, I, I mean, just to save face, I'd be like, oh, well, I wanted to take a break, but I want it to be permanent. Never talk to me again. And then I'd show them I'm erasing their phone number in my phone. I, uh, I've never heard of that. I mean, I've heard of breaking up. I've never heard of taking a break. Yeah, it's like uh, you take, yeah, 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 yeah. taking a break is like the cousin of breaking up. Right. It's just exactly. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just it's like, how it's do you, the, have you ever said to someone, I think we need to take a break? No, no, no I've never said that. I've always been a committed dude. So I, I've never had that, you know, let's take a break. But I do know a lot of guys and a lot of women who've, who've said they've taken a break. And I think it's a, a, a passive aggressive way of saying like, I, I think we need to break this up. So um, your question is what's the difference or is your question is, can you ever get back together? Well, I guess kind of like back together at the same level that you were, just because I feel like it's kind of just an excuse, I guess, on like trying to stay together. Because I feel like when you take a break or break up, you're trying to work on like yourself in a relationship and there's still like an attachment. So I guess like, would that even be worth it? Or do you, should you just like break up, I guess? Yeah, I think first off, um, taking a break and break up, let's just let's go ahead and just merge the two together. It's you're breaking up, right? If mm-hmm. you're taking a break, you're breaking up. Let's let's not let's not, you know, differentiate the two. Um, I think what's interesting, though, is when people do break up or whatever, is to understand why. And I think once you understand why and you give that person the space uh, to figure that out, I think you just have to be, or the other person has to be hopeful that the person, you know, will grow. And if that growth will allow you guys to come back together to make a better relationship, then so be it. Um, 
And there might be an opportunity too for the other party as well to grow, like whoever decides to call the break, right? There, for whatever reason that they may not be able to figure out because here's the truth and here's what I know to be true is that the hardest person to get to know is yourself. Mm-hmm. And why? Because God gave us this uh, thing called denial. We can deny anything about ourselves that we are not ready to face. And so that makes it very challenging. So when you're in a relationship and you're bringing two people together, um, it's like uh, uh, two bodies of water. I've been to South Africa and you can, in South Africa, you can see the uh, Atlantic Ocean and the Mediterranean Sea kind of come together. I think those are the two seas that, that butt together. And you kind of see them, you see them kind of coming together, two bodies of water just coming together. And there's a lot of friction and splashing that goes on. Uh, and for it to really settle down takes time. So I say that to say it takes time. Everybody gets their time um, to shine, though. All right. So uh, hopefully that is helpful for you that you guys yeah. get a chance to shine, even if it isn't you guys together. So um, I, I hope that was helpful. Yes, it was. Thank you. I just feel like t- like taking a break has been way more prominent, like in like throughout my age, like I'm 20, 20. And even like a few of my friends like are taking a break where they're, they don't consider each other like boyfriend and girlfriend, but they still like talk. They just don't like see each other as often. It's it's, it's passive aggressive, to be honest with you. Um, And and this is not taking a shot at your generation. And I apologize for cutting (laughs) you off. Um, I I do believe there are some social cues um, and and social development things that have been um, delayed a little bit because you guys have something that has been like no other generation. Like you guys are inundated with all this other stuff from social media. And when you talk about one-on-one communication, because that's something you really can't avoid. I think there's a little bit of the step, like being able to hold somebody accountable. Like, hey, look, just just tell me how you really feel. If you don't, if you want to break up, right? Like you said, next time somebody says that to you, like, let's take a break. Well, why not just break up? And mm-hmm. see what they say. <laughs> like, what is the difference? Like, somebody needs to tell me. That should we should put a question out there. Like, there is no difference. I I, mean, I agree. I feel like it's kind of just a way to pretend. Yeah, pretend. It's and not it's happening. Irritating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's irritating. I think that's why you're probably feeling the way. Like, what does that even mean? Like, take I know. Break. Like, what does that mean? <laughs> like, are we still together? Or are we not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Hey, who are you? Where are you from? Hi, I'm Olivia. I'm from Chicago. Hi, Olivia. Hi. Hey. Yeah, so what's your question, Olivia? What you got for us? Um, my question is, how has the stigma in the U.S. surrounding therapy for men impacted your mental health? <laughs> I, I got a lot to say, this, but I'm going to let Jerry go. Um. I, uh, I had never really been to a shrink. Um, and it was so funny. I, I worked with a guy, I was going through something, um, I was going through a family issue and I was telling a coworker about it. And my coworker said, go talk to my shrink. And I was like, what? And he was like, just go talk to my shrink. And I, it was really helpful. <laughs> it was really, so it was just, um, <clears throat> so funny. I mean, I didn't have a, I guess I had a stigma about it. I just, I didn't even think of it as an option. You know, I didn't think I, I, 
I, I, I wasn't, I, I didn't know at the time that just because you were feeling squirrely inside about a family issue, that that is like my mental health had to be addressed, you know, yeah. and it was because of something outside that was happening to me. It was, um, I, you know, I thought you saw a shrink for, uh, I, I, I didn't even put that together that that's why you see a shrink. So, um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm all for seeking, seeking help if you're going through something. Yeah, I, I am too, Olivia. I, I'm, I'm all for getting help. And I think what's challenging is that I still believe that we live in a society where, you know, that men still don't get the, um, um, the attention they, they need for when it comes to mental health. Well, thank you, guys. Yeah, thank you. Bye. Jocelyn, who hey. are you and where are you from? My name is Jocelyn and I'm from New York. Okay. All right. What's up, Jocelyn from New York, East Coast in the house. Um, yeah. What's your question? So my question for you is what are the go-to signs to expect when a guy likes you? <laughs> so funny. I have, I, have, uh, I have two 12-year-old daughters and they're just like getting into the rituals of humans. And um, man. <clears throat> there's a there's a boy in my daughter's class and um, I mean, this is pretty on the nose, but she said she catches him like staring, staring at her and everything. I mean, that's something, you know, throwing a look back and, you know, making sure you're being paid attention to, you know, um, it's so funny. I'm really, I, I, I need a little more time because my daughters are 12. So they're just entering it. But it's really fascinating to sort of give like advice to my daughters. Like, you know, uh, there was a guy that one of my daughters liked and he was seen holding hands with another girl. And I told my daughter, like, um, you've got to move on from yeah. it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't obsess on that one. That yeah. one's gone. And then that person actually came around and was the one who was looking at my daughter. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So it's, it's so funny just, and this is just in the beginning of, of, of my kids entering the, I can't believe I'm saying this dating world, but like not putting all your eggs in one basket, not taking anything too seriously and being able to adapt and like move on. I, I have to tell you um, one of my best relationships uh, was um I wanted to go out with a particular prior to marriage, prior to marriage. Yeah. One of, one of my best, one of my most successful dating relationships, not married. Obviously my most successful is the one I got married. Love you, honey. Um, but um, was, I wanted to go out with a person and that person was not interested in me at all. Just not interested in me at yeah. all. And it was obvious. We all went to a party, a group of us. Um, and um, her best friend, um, I, started talking to because yeah. this person I was interested in was just not interested in me. She was interested in someone else. And, um, oh man, it was, we had such a, I ended up dating her friend and we had such a fun relationship. I, yeah. um, really nice, really fun. And, um, it would have never happened if I had not been like open to the universe. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Open. It's funny. And, and you, you're trying to figure out that sign. Is there somebody out there that you think likes you and you're trying to figure out if, if they like you or not? 700 tech, like a lot, nonstop texting, liking of random photos years ago, you know, basic stuff. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah, I guess something like that. <laughs> okay. How old are you? 
I'm 21. Okay, 21. So uh, Jerry just actually hinted on something. If this person that you know and you think this person might, a great way to do is go to some of your oldest photos. Um, I have a 21-year-old uh, or 20-year-old, soon to be 21. Um, and uh, he, he will, you know, when we're talking about the girls that he likes and stuff like that, but he wants to be incognito because the so old school is, you know, like, oh gosh, am I that guy? No, I'm that guy, old school. Um, but you try to pretend like, you know, she, she ain't nothing. I ain't, I'm not even gonna, you know, they used to say this word jockey. I'm not even gonna jock her. You know what I mean? I'm just, I'm just gonna be cool and just be, but always visible so you see me and you know I'm right there. Well, the, the internet or the social media version of that is liking some of the older photos just to kind of ping you like, why is this photo from three years ago being liked? Who goes down that far, right? So then you know you've got a sign like, hold on, you just started following me last week and you're all the way down four years. Like you were really letting me know that you like me. Uh, the, the more uh, aggressive version is, I'm going to like a thousand of your photos and you'd be like, yo, you just, <laughs> you all up in my likes, right? Uh, but it ain't sent me one comment or DM, right? Um, but uh, yeah, you know what? I, I, I look for the, you know, the licking of lips. You know, I look for the unnecessary cool swing. Like, <laughs> like you know, there's that, you know, that just like, what, what, what are you doing? Why, why are you cool swing? This is like that cool swing. I'm just cool. That's when you know you might want to say hello. But it's a good thing. It's like, hey, what you doing? If you really want to know, just like, hey, what you doing? Like, you got to like softly touch because he doesn't want to seem too aggressive because there are a lot of guys. And trust me, I talk to a lot of my son's friends. A lot of young boys are afraid now because of all the stuff that's been happening in the news and stuff. So they don't want to be seen as creepy. So you have a lot more of them being less uh, forward and just trying to say, hey, so a great way to tap in, especially if you like that person, just give like a soft invite, like a soft, like, I see you, I recognize you. And that way you don't put yourself out there too, right? So you're kind of protective, like, hey, what you doing? Which way are you going? I'm like, oh, wow. And then see if something, you know what I mean? It's like, um, I'm about to go to Starbucks. You, you want you want anything? <laughs> you know what I mean? Something like that. And then that's how you know, you know what I mean? Then you're like, all right, if you see them fidgeting and, you know, nervous, and, <laughs> right? Or they pick up their phones for no reason. Yeah, you like me. You like me. All right. <laughs> so hopefully that's helpful. I try to give you a little bit of the new school and the old school, and hopefully you got a good mix there. And Jerry could, you know, through his experience, kind of help you <laughs> out with that. Totally. Thank you guys so much. Well, that was fun. That was really cool. That was yeah, really cool. I think we gave some good advice, sage advice. Yeah. We're like the elders helping out the kids. Today. I'm not ready to be the elder statesman in this. I'm not, I'm not, I don't think I'm ready. We for are. It. We're like the elders helping them out. Well, this is cool. I, I hope that it was navigate. insightful. Yeah. I hope it was insightful. This is really cool for us to be in this space and to be able to have this conversation. Uh, this was How Men Think with uh, Jerry O'Connell and myself, Akbar Baja Biano. G B A J A. No. Yep. Keep going. B-I-A. Yep. M-I-L-A. Again, honorary Nigerian for the day. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening to How Men Think, an iHeartRadio London audio production.